now enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. Carry on our way with us. There'll be peace when you are gone. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry. Hey everybody and welcome to the Christmas edition of Lupa's Bits. It is episode number 25 and ah, look at that, it comes out on December 25th. How synchronous, oh I can't even, I had this like big long word in my head to use, but how cool is that? We'll just go with cool. Four letters is about all I can manage at the moment. So I hope you have all had a lovely Christmas um, I'm actually recording this on the 23rd, so I haven't had my Christmas yet, so I can't tell you of all the wild and wonderful things that happened. Um, and I'm going to do something that I do traditionally in, well, I used to do traditionally at my house, um, and I would read it to my kids when they were little. It was read to me when I was little. We would read it to my brother and sister. I mean, there's, you've got to understand, there's 10 years difference between me and my sister, and 12 between me and my brother. I'm being the oldest. So Christmas Eve, when we were kids, before I moved out, um, I think my sister and my brother were, I mean, I moved out when I was 16, 17. So my sister would have been six or seven. So this is like going back to when they're like four or five years old. And I would read um, with my mom and my dad, Twas the Night Before Christmas. So seeing as it's the Christmas spirit, I pretty much, I know it off by heart. There's one part that I screw up because um, it's a little weird. <laughs> it's an old English poem for one. So it uses a lot of the um, old English and and wording in that. So So I'm going to recite it for you. I do have a cheat sheet up just in case I get to that spot that I mess up. So, in the spirit of Christmas, here we go. Nestle your little bottoms, snuggle your little heads, and raise your eggnog, and all right, are you ready for this? Twas the night before Christmas, when all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care, in the hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. Mom and her kerchief, and I and my cap, had just settled our brains for a long winter's nap. When out on the lawn there arose such a clatter, I sprang from my bed to see what was the matter. The moon on the breast, uh, this is the... Away to the window I flew like a flash, tore open the shutters and threw up the sash. The moon on the breast of the new-fallen snow gave the luster of midday to objects below, when what to my wondering eyes should appear but a miniature sleigh and a tiny reindeer. The little old driver, so lively and quick, I knew in a moment it must be St. Nick. More rapid than eagles, his coursers they came, and he whistled and shouted and called them by name. Now Dasher, now Dancer, now Prancer, and Vixen, on Comet, on Cupid, on Donner, and Blitzen. <gasps> to the top of the porch, to the top of the wall, now dash away, dash away, dash away all. Now this is the part that I screw up. 
as dry leaves that before the wild hurricane fly, when they meet with an obstacle, mount to the sky. So up to the housetop his coursers they flew, with a sleigh full of toys, and St. Nicholas too. And then in a twinkling I heard on the roof the prancing and pawing of each little hoof. As I drew in my head and was turning around, down the chimney St. Nicholas came with a bound. He was dressed all in fur from his head to his foot. His clothes were all tarnished with ashes and soot. And the bundle of toys he had flung on his back. And he looked like a peddler just opening his pack. His eyes, how they twinkled. His dimples, how merry. His cheeks were like roses and his nose like a cherry. His droll little mouth was drawn up like a bow. Uh, hold on, hold on. And the beard on his chin was as white as the snow. He was chubby and plump, a right jolly old elf, and I laughed when I saw him in spite of myself. And a wink of his eye and a twist of his head soon gave me to know I had nothing to dread. I missed a complete stanza. I know I did, because there's something about a pipe. Hold on, hold on. Let me think, let me think, let me think, let me think. Ah, the stump of a pipe he held tight in his teeth, and the smoke it encircled his head like a wreath. He had a broad face and a little round belly that shook when he laughed like a bowl full of jelly. He was chubby and plump, a right jolly old elf, and I laughed when I saw him in spite of myself. And a wink of his eye and a twist of his head soon gave me to know I had nothing to dread. He spoke not a word, but went straight to his work and filled all the stockings, then turned with a jerk. And laying a finger aside of his nose, he, and giving a nod up the chimney, he rose. He sprang to his sleigh, to his team gave a whistle, and away they all flew like the down of a thistle. But I heard him exclaim ere he drove out of sight, Happy Christmas to all, and to all a good night. So there you go. There is your messed up twas the night before Christmas. <laughs> and I swear, I haven't been drinking. Not yet. I had a Palm Bay earlier today. But that's because I had finished all of the Christmas baking. Not just mine. Not just mine. I got nominated to make my grandmother's famous Sweet Marie bars. Now, if you've ever had a Sweet Marie chocolate bar, I'm pretty sure it's just a Canadian thing. I don't know if they have it in other countries. Um, it's pretty much... Rice crispy and peanut butter and nuts, pecans or walnuts wrapped in chocolate. And it's just oh so good. And my grandmother makes these sweet Marie bars, or at least she used to. And when my grandma got um, to the point where she couldn't do her Christmas baking anymore, the traditional things like the fruit balls, um, like the rum balls and the cake of the year and the sweet Marie bars and the pecan pie got divvied up amongst the rest of us. And my mom would do those goofy little fruit and marshmallow rum ball things that are rolled in. I don't know. They're gross. <laughs> my cousin and I used to launch them at each other, like slingshot ammo. Um, they make a really funny splat and a little greasy smear on the wall. And my mom would make um, the cake of the year, or as everybody else in the entire world knows it, Nanaimo bars. Well, maybe not in the entire world, because it is kind of a Canadian... It might be a Canadian thing, 
because it's named after, um, I'm not sure where Nanaimo is. Nope. Nanaimo. Helps if I could spell it. Uh, I think it's BC. I could be wrong. It could be Alaska. Who knows? Geography was never my strong suit. And if you've ever read anything that I have ever written, um, you will notice that I do not use geographical locations. I do not describe, um, like going to the East Coast or going to the West Coast or whatever, because, um, I'm not good with geography. British Columbia. Yes. I was so close. I, I said British Columbia. And I mean, it, Alaska's understandable because it's kind of like right there. <laughs> um, and not in the, I thought California was just on the other side of the BC border kind of way either. It actually is like right there. Um, anyway, so Nanaimo is a small town in British Columbia. Northern British Columbia, I do believe. And these Nanaimo bars are, I don't know if they were created there. Anyway, we call it, in our family, we call it cake of the year. Because we would only ever get it once a year. So it became cake of the year. And it's so good. It's like a, a coconut chocolate cookie crumble thing on the bottom and then an egg kind of thing. And then um, covered in like a thick chocolate on top. And... I'm just actually looking up, you can hear me typing away, looking up the history of the Nanaimo bar because I would like to get it correct. Okay, the first known recipe for Nanaimo bars appeared in 1952 um, in, the Nanaimo, in the Nanaimo Hospital Cookbook. So it is actually named after the town. Um Located on the eastern shore of Vancouver Island, Nanaimo, B.C. is a verdant, broody kind of place. A typical Pacific Coast town, washed out in foggy grays and steel ocean blues. I know somebody who would love that color. But this misty city is also the namesake for what might just be the sunniest dessert square the world has ever produced. The Nanaimo Bar, a soft layer of yellow custard sandwiched between rich chocolate ganache and coconut graham crust <sighs> yeah the only thing i can't have the coconut but you can substitute the coconut for rolled oats and it tastes exactly the same my mother doesn't seem to think so and refuses to change it even though she is the only one that likes it that way and really cares um anyway so back to the christmas baking um so everything got divvied up. Now, I made the pecan pie. I've made the pecan pie every year for a few years now. And it was my grandfather's recipe. 
So I was making pecan pie and my sister was going to make her sweet Marie bars and her um, pecan shortbread sugar cookie things that she makes with her sister-in-law every Christmas Eve. And she was going to make, I think that was it. And then mom was going to make her um, mincemeat tarts and her Nanaimo bars. Well, nothing quite happened that way. I made my pecan pie and then I got nominated to make the, because we didn't really have a lot of Christmas goodies. And you have to have goodies at Christmas. And then my mom's like, well, you can make my shortbread. No, no, no. I told her she was high. Wasn't happening. I, Heather already jumped in line and got and nominated me for the Sweet Marie bars. And I was making the pecan pie. And I was also going to make lemon bars and sugar cookies. But Heather made the sugar cookies. And the lemon bars haven't gotten made yet. They might get made tomorrow. We don't know. The box might go back in a pantry. Who knows? But uh, we're doing... Um, we do a traditional Christmas dinner every year. I mean, some years we kind of cheat and we use the canned cranberry sauce. I don't eat the cranberry sauce, so really it doesn't matter to me. Um, my Christmas dinner needs to consist of turkey and my mom's homemade famous stuffing, potatoes, great, yes, stuffing, not dressing. We do stuffing. And there is a difference between stuffing and dressing. Dressing goes on the outside of the bird. Stuffing goes on the inside of the bird. Um, either way, my Christmas dinner needs to have a bird involved. There needs to be a bird, preferably a turkey bird, but I have settled for a chicken. Um, I think one year we had duck. It was weird. Anyway, never had a turducken. Never want to have a turducken. Never going to have a turducken. And I do believe I just heard somebody go mentally noted. <laughs> Anyway, um, I do know people who have had a turducken, and it's very strange. But yes, my Christmas dinner needs to, on my plate, there needs to be turkey, smashed potatoes, gravy, stuffing, and hopefully a green bean casserole. But I'm thinking there's going to be squash, so I'm just not going to have vegetables at all. I don't do squash. Nope. Not even, nah, huh? Nene, nene. I say a nene to do squash. I don't do squash. No. Um, so, one of the people that are going to be at our Christmas dinner who are in our bubble, don't worry, we're not breaking any lockdown laws. Um, he is from Cuba. So he hasn't really experienced um, a traditional Canadian Christmas dinner. And I don't think they did it last year. I think they had something exotic last year. I don't know. I wasn't here. This is my first Christmas Eve and Christmas Day with my sister. Um, usually we get together as a family on Boxing Day because... Um, my brother and my sister-in-law go to see my sister-in-law's mom and my sister and my brother-in-law go up north to see his family. And then I would spend Christmas Eve with my son and his wife and my grandson. 
And Christmas Day would kind of be just, you know, hanging around the house, watching movies on the couch by myself, because, <laughs> you know, everybody else would be off doing their thing. Um, so this year is going to be a real treat for me. So anyway, we wanted to do a traditional Christmas for him, like with all the fixings. We went all out this year. Like we've done this before. This is what we used to do when we were kids. Um, we've got the homemade cranberry sauce and the homemade stuffing, which you make the night before and it sits in the fridge and all the spices kind of get to know each other and they, they kind of, you know, bond with the, the bread and the sausage and the celery and they all hang out and have a little party in the fridge. Um, and then, you know, you, you start the bird in the morning and so it's going to be fun. I'm excited. And then they're going to spend the night and we're all going to be here Christmas morning and we, we've been priming it, my, my nephew. We've been priming him for the last... Well, I think we started it today. Hopefully he doesn't forget what day it is tomorrow and decide he's going to do it tomorrow morning. We, I told him, it's not Christmas until your other auntie and uncle are here. So you can't do that in the morning unless they're here. And they're not going to be here tomorrow morning. They're coming tomorrow. And they'll be here Christmas morning. So hopefully he remembers that at 7.30 in the morning when he gets up and doesn't do what I've been priming him to do all day, which is stand at the top of the stairs because that is the central part of the house and you can hear every part in, in the house from there and holler at the top of his lungs, Merry Christmas! So he'll wake everybody up. But I am in the room right beside him, so I have a feeling it's going to be a race between me and my sister to see who he wakes up first, because he still they still have the monitor in there, and uh, it's got audio, and my sister's a very light sleeper. <laughs> well, she's supposed to be a very light sleeper. Um, I kind of needed some assistance last night in um, some rodent disposal, and all of a sudden, my sister is sleeping like the dead. <laughs> I texted her like four times, and she didn't hear a thing. I stood at the bottom of the stairs, hollering up, going, Heather! Heather! She didn't hear a thing. So I had to, as the expression goes, cowboy up and um, drop my girly balls and go and deal with it. So I did. And apparently, <laughs> um, apparently, I only stunned it. I didn't actually terminate it um, because it's still stuck to the glue board in the garbage bag, in the live trap, outside, twitching, which is, you know... Great to know. So, uh, yeah. I'm hoping to be out of this room um, before his friends come looking for him. <laughs> I don't want to have to face them down. Um, we think there's only one more little one that we have to um, locate. We've only seen two. 
and there isn't enough evidence to say there's more. So, yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, I, 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 uh, I sucked it up. And I did what um, beforehand I would have deemed the impossible and um, did what I needed to do to help um, my sister and my mom and my niece and nephew. Brother-in-law can fend for himself. (laughs) He's been teasing me about it all day. So uh, he can fend for himself. But, um, and then I sat in the chair and cried for half an hour because I'm, I'm not that kind of person. I'm not, I mean, I can go hunting. I can shoot a deer. Fine. I can shoot a bear. Fine. I'm still going to sit down and I'm still going to cry for half an hour, 45 minutes after. I'm also going to fry up those steaks in the summer on the barbecue and I'm going to go, damn, Bambi tastes good. But I'm still going to cry because I took a life. Um, and you should. You should feel something. You should feel a sense of loss, a sense of remorse for ending a life. Whether it's, you know, a mouse or a squirrel that you accidentally run over because, you know, they're stupid and they run out in front of your car. Squirrels are stupid. They really are. Just watch them, they're stupid. Um, Or, you know, you have to have a family pet put down or whatever. You should feel some sort of loss, some sort of remorse, whether it's done intentionally or accidentally. Because the loss of a life is important. Whether it's needed or not, it should still be held in some sort of honor and regard. Like when you hunt and, and, you know, like my dad would do it too when he would go duck hunting and he would kill the ducks and he would send the dog out to get the ducks and the dog would bring the ducks back and, you know, there's food for the freezer and he's going to feed his wife and his kids and he's going to feed them well. We're going to have duck. But he would thank the duck for sacrificing his life to feed his family. And you should. You should appreciate where your food comes from. I'm not saying run out and be vegan because humans are not meant to be vegan. Um, We are omnivores. Our bodies are designed to be omnivores. You can argue with me. You can send me email and scientific study after scientific study. I don't care. Personally, I don't care. when When you go vegan or vegetarian, you have to eat certain things to get the same proteins and the same nutrients that your body requires that you get from eating meat and fish and cheese and eggs and milk. Well, maybe not milk, because the human adult doesn't need milk. We don't. Our bodies don't need milk. You stop needing milk when you start eating solid food. But anyway, that's another debate. We'll get into that in a different podcast. 
This is so totally not the direction that I was planning on taking tonight's podcast, but, you know, whatever. I'll go with it. It's kind of what we do. So, um, yeah, we're omnivores. But you should respect the fact that that animal has died, that life has ended, so that you can sustain your life. I don't believe in trophy hunting. I do not condone or support or encourage trophy hunting in any way, shape, or form. Now, my uncle had a, he went um, wild boar hunting in Africa. I don't know, some hot foreign place where they have these huge wild boars with the big, huge, curvy tusks and all of that. I mean, yeah, I know they have them all over Texas and, and, you know, down the Florida panhandle and all in there um, because my aunt's always complaining about them in her townhouse down in Florida. Anyway, you know, this was some foreign place. He went on a hunting, trophy hunting trip, but he brought the boar's head back and had it mounted and it haunted me for many years as a child because it hung in their cottage. Um, It was an awful, horrible looking thing. But he also had the rest of the pig butchered and he brought home all the meat too. So, you know, I had no problem with sitting there eating said pig while staring at his head hanging on the wall. Which creeped me out. The head creeped me out because it was just an ugly looking thing. And the fur was really coarse. Like, oh yeah, I touched it. Oh yeah, I touched it. I had to feel it. Um, And it had these like dead beady looking little eyes that they use. I don't know what kind of eyes they are, but they're just weird looking. Staring at you and these big huge tusks. And But I had no problem sitting there eating a sausage from, you know, said pig on the wall. Anyway... You should honor each life because you just, you should. A life is is something incredible. You know, all of these chromosomes manage to line up perfectly and, and there is life and now it's gone and you took it. So you should respect that. So, okay, I'm done, I'm done ranting and preaching. I will move on now to what I originally intended It kind of actually leads into my intro, but um, I want to, the magazine has already come out by this point in time, and hopefully you've read my intro. If you haven't, um, oh, for heaven's sakes, land sakes alive, I just, too many things open right now, so we're going to close a few of them. Um, we don't need Nanaimo open anymore. Uh, I already read you, Twas the Night Before Christmas. We know this is episode 25. I can close that. I can close that. Oh, can't close that. Because, you know, I'm being supervised. I cannot be left without adult supervision, all right? It's just the way it is. (laughs) Bad things happen when I am left without adult supervision. I was putting, well, I'll tell you the chair story in a minute. All right, so I'll tell you the chair story first, and then we'll get into my intro. So um, we've been moving my mom down into her new suites, and she bought these 
recliner chairs, which my sister and I had an absolutely hysterical laugh at the other day because she kept going on and on and on about these recliner chairs and how they're these wing-backed recliner chairs and they look really nice and they're recliners and, you know, they have the footrest that comes out and they're recliners. So I'm putting these chairs together. And I realize as I'm putting these chairs together that they don't, the recliner part, the foot part comes out as the back part goes back. It's not one of those ones where, you know, the back part just leans back a little bit and the foot part comes all the way out. No, no. These chairs lie almost down into a flat. You could have a nap position. So I say to my mom, you know, if you want to recline these chairs, you're going to have to have them out a little farther from the wall than you had originally anticipated. And my sister's standing there and my mom's like, well, then I just won't recline them. And my sister looks at my mom and she says, well, then why did you get recliners if you're not going to recline them? And my mom looked at her and said, I don't know, because maybe I might want to one day. Yeah, my sister and I were no good. We just bust out laughing. Like, why? Why? You got recliners just so that you could say you had recliners, but you're never actually going to recline them. Ever. Because that would require you having to pull the chair out from the wall to recline them. It's never going to happen. So these... They're nice wing-back chairs with a useless recliner that tucks up right up underneath the chair. The recliner part where you put your feet to is no more than maybe a foot and a half long, if that. Um, So if your thighs are any thicker than a toothpick, you're going to have a hard time keeping your feet on that thing. Trust me, I'd have a hard time. I'd have to cross my feet. Um, So anyway, I was putting these chairs together while my mom wandered away. She found something better to do and left me unattended with my nephew. So it was me and a three-year-old putting these chairs together. And I have flat out told her, if these chairs fall apart, if something happens or is something wrong with these chairs, it's the three-year-old's fault. Because I could not be left with, with without adult supervision and you left me. So it's not my fault. It's the three-year-old's fault. But uh, yeah, they're, they're fairly easy to put together. It was kind of weird putting these fancy schmancy looking chairs together i mean the only bolts that are in it are in the two legs on the back the two legs on the front screw in and then there's three bolts on each leg on the back and then um oh i'm sorry there is one bolt on each wing the wings kind of there's clips that they lock into and then there's a bolt to kind of hold it steady so it doesn't flap around like a wing And then you just slide the whole back piece onto the seat part and the chairs put together. Yeah, kind of, kind of weird. Anyway, so we built these two chairs and then, um, I moved her, we, we moved her desk down there and a wooden table with a marble inlay and her printer, fax machine, copier, bigger than a small refrigerator thing on the stand. We moved it down there and her computer chair and her big red chair. Um, And it's all down there. And she's looking around and she's looking around and she's like, 
Well, what? We forgot to move the carpet back before we put everything on it. And I'm thinking, Mom, you've had 12 hours down here sitting in that chair looking at this carpet with nothing on it that you could have very easily have just slid the two feet you wanted it to move. Now you decide you want it to be moved. And I'm thinking, I can't move the desk completely by myself. Now, mind you, I did get mad at one point and picked up the entire desk because it was just giving me issues in moving. And this was the third position that I had moved it to because it didn't look good here and it didn't look good there. And let's try it over here. And maybe, well, let's move it back over there and see what... Okay, now move it back over here so I can have a look and see what... And I finally just picked up the entire thing using my legs and my arms and shimmied it back against the wall and told her it's staying there. And she says, well, well, I like it there anyway. And that was the fourth time it had been in that spot. So I got frustrated and I got angry and I did something I probably shouldn't have um, because I did push my physical limits beyond what I am capable or should be capable of doing. And um, my heart kind of went, hey, dumbass. (laughs) No. Um, I rolled up the one end of the carpet a few times so that I had something solid to grip. And I planted my feet and went into like a frog crouch and got mad and yanked that carpet, the two feet, with everything on it. Brought everything with it. Yeah, probably not a good idea. I'm a little sore today, (laughs) Um, which is why I didn't move anything today. Nope, nothing. Well, wait, no, that's a lie. That is a lie. Um, Today is my last day of going out into the public before I go home because I kind of want to quarantine a little bit. Where, Where I am at home right now, it's in lockdown. And um, I can't go to Midland and see anybody there because they are very close to, well, the whole entire province is going in back into serious lockdown on Boxing Day. Everything's closing down, schools, everything. Like, you remember March break when your kids came home for March break and they never went back? Well, guess what's wrapped up under your Christmas tree this year now that they're home for Christmas break? They're never going back. Ever. You might as well get their summer clothes out now because they're going to be home till summer. <laughs> um, anyway. So, yeah, we're going back into lockdown. So I kind of want to quarantine a little bit before um, I go home. So today was my last day out in the public, which I'm okay with because I don't like going out into public and people keep making me go out into public. Um, I had to go and get some more juice for my vape because I don't, I mean, I, there's, I don't vape nicotine anymore. It's just plain old peppermint juice. But I do enjoy... Um, vaping while I'm driving. It's kind of a, keeps me calm. Um, There's still some habit there with the vaping that I'm working on. So I didn't want to be caught without. Um, So of course, you know, 
Word got out in the house that I was going out. And uh, next thing you know, there's a list for the hardware store from both my mom and my brother-in-law. So I went to the hardware store and I did lift two con- two bags of concrete today. So I can't say I didn't lift anything heavy because they're like 66 pounds each. Um, they're 30 kilograms. So I think that works out to be about 66 pounds. Um, so yeah, I lifted them, carried them downstairs into the house. But that was the heaviest thing I lifted today other than my nephew. Because, um, yeah, I'm struggling a little bit today with um, the sore muscles and the shortness of breath. And there's a little bit of congestion, which means that um, my heart isn't working as well as it should be. So, And what it means for me is that when it pumps, it's not pumping out all of the blood in it. It's still leaving some behind and it's backwashing into my lungs. Um, so yay, I took it a little easy today and tomorrow, I mean, there'll be no work tomorrow. It's Christmas Eve. So family will be here and, and we'll just be eating and drinking and making, making of the merry. So (laughs) it'll be fun. Um, stay tuned for some really random, odd Facebook posts. There could be some strange statuses. Depends on, I'm I'm planning tomorrow. I am planning on kicking back and having a couple of drinks and enjoying myself. So be forewarned, there might be a loopy loopa hanging around. You might get a weird text message or Facebook message or an odd status. You might see a goofy TikTok. It all depends on the mood I'm in. Because I don't drink on a general basis. I might have a couple of beers if I'm, you know, working with the guys. But there are certain occasions where I will um, imbibe in more than one. And tomorrow is going to be that day. Is going to be one of those days. New Year's Eve, I probably, um, I might have a glass of wine or two with Crystal. Um, just to kind of ring in the new year because it's just going to be me and her. Pretty sure that uh, the old fart will go to bed. So it'll just be me and her because once I leave here, I'll be, you know, locked down at home and uh, only be going out for groceries and if I can order them and have them delivered, you know, I might do that. Hello, Fresh, how are you? Anyway, um... But yeah, tomorrow I'm going to have a couple of drinks and it's going to be a good time and I'm going to enjoy it. And who knows, I might get two Palm Bays in and go, I'm over it, you know, because that's what happens. I have a couple and I'm like, I'm good, you know, really? No, I'm good. I'm good. Because really, I don't want to wake up Christmas morning with a hangover. I haven't had a hangover in a long time, though. I'm really good at, um, especially if like I... Am out and it's like okay yeah we are drinking tonight this is what's going on this is what we're doing here's the bar we've got it set up like we're at a fest or something and we're drinking margaritas and we're dancing around the fire I'm really good at being able to keep my alcohol to water ratio fairly level I never wake up with a hangover the last time I woke up with a hangover um I had been drinking red wine and it was 
um, kind of part of how we found out I was allergic to um, red grapes because I ended up, I had, I think, two glasses of red wine and ended up with a blinding migraine and I was throwing up, the poor cab driver, and it was just, it was horrid and I was down for three days. But uh, I don't get hangovers because I don't like to drink to the point where I'm sloppy drunk and I have no control over what I'm doing. I have no control over what I'm saying. No, I'm just going to, I like to drink, have a couple of drinks to where I'm relaxed and I'm giggly and I'm laughing and, you know, having a good time. So that's probably about where I'll get tomorrow. So anyway, okay. So we're 41 minutes in and I still haven't quite done what I wanted to do. I did read you Twas the Night Before Christmas. That was on the list of things to do. All the other stuff, not so much. I want to read you um, my intro that I put in the magazine. And now there's a reason why I want to read you the intro. Because I want to delve a little deeper into um, what I discussed in the intro. And seeing as this is the second last, second last? No, my next podcast, this is the last podcast for 2020. I do believe. I'm just pulling up my calendar, so don't quote me on that. Uh, Nope, yep, yes. The next podcast will come out on... Uh, January 1st, New Year's Day. So this is the last podcast of 2020. So I want to kind of get a little serious and and get a little in-depth, like we haven't been doing that all along for 25 episodes and a few episodes of Mythbits. 25, can you believe that? 25 episodes. If my podcast was a human, it would be quarter of a century old. 25. Of 25 Lupa's bits. All right. Anyway. Okay. So I'm going to read you my intro and I may stop along the way as I'm reading it and talk a little bit more about what I've just said and what I've just read to you and, and give a little more explanation or, um, talk about it. So, okay. Settle in, Musketeers. It's going to be a bumpy ride. I don't know what I would call you people that listen to Lupa's bits. Bitters. <laughs> Biters? Are you biters? Are you? Are you? Um, Anyway. So this is Christmas. And what have you done? Simple lines from a song. And I'm sure you have sung a million times or at least heard them once or twice. Never gave them much thought myself. But when you sit and think about them, what they really mean, they hit far harder than simple lyrics. And you think about it. What have you done? Who are you to ask me what I've done? Song always kind of. Now that I, I've sat and thought about it and I hear that song and I'm like, hey, who are you? Who, who do you think you are? If, you read the com- if you've read the commentary before you read the intro, shame on you. It's called an intro for a reason. It introduces you to the magazine, which really doesn't introduce you to the magazine. It's just my place to say, hey, we have a great magazine. Um, I did forget this time to congratulate the member of the month. Um and all of that stuff, but I had a lot to say. So, sue me. <laughs> anyway, you know, 
as a co- we as a company have had a very busy year, despite our best efforts. Well, despite despite my best efforts, anyway. I seem to be on a self sabotaging mission at times, and by self sabotaging, I mean I know what I need to do, and I will find reasons why I can't do it, excuses as to why I can't do it, create reasons and excuses as to why I can't do it instead of just doing it. And I will put myself into positions where it makes it impossible for me to do what I need to do. Like I don't have data or I'm not on Wi-Fi or I'm sick or I've pushed myself too hard physically and I'm down and out, um, computer's not working, like whatever. I put myself in a position to cause a or create a problem that's going to prevent me from doing what I need to do. Self-sabotage. Welcome to the wonderful effects of COVID-19 on an introverted extrovert. Yes, there is such a thing, I promise. Now, an introverted extrovert is somebody who, once you drag them kicking and screaming out into the public to an event, to a party, to whatever, where there are other people, we're okay, we're good, we'll talk to everybody, we'll have a good time, we'll laugh, we'll flit from this group to that group, and, you know, we're social butterflies, But you actually have to get us out of the house first. Because we don't like leaving our house. We don't like having to go out into the public. But we enjoy it when we're out there. Introverted, extrovert. For better or for worse, here we are at the end of 2020. Many are happy to see it go and think think that 2021 will be so much better. Hmm. I am skeptical. And I will remain skeptical. I don't think things are going to change anytime soon. I don't think things are going to change within the next year or two years. Yes, we have this wonderful vaccine that was rushed through and had unlimited amounts of money thrown at it. But what are the long-term effects? What are the long-term effects? Is this going to work? You know, are the vaccines going to become mandatory? What about the people that can't take the vaccine? And I mean, I'm already going to take the vaccine. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. There's no question about it. Um, Yes, I'm risking having an allergic reaction because I'm sensitive to things. and I don't know if I'm going to have an allergic reaction or not. But there are people within my bubble that cannot get the vaccine that by me getting the vaccine protects them. Herd immunity. So, anyway, um, this is going to be one of those I'll believe it when I see it deals. I've gone through many changes this year, personally, professionally, and geographically. My usual optimism and upbeat enthusiasm for life, for writing, for anything has been tested and pushed beyond its limit. Yet, I still show up. I still put in the effort, even when it is harder than anything else. And some days just getting, physically getting out of bed is such an impossible task in my head. So, yeah, when I say harder than anything else, mm-hmm. 
I put in the effort and it has paid off. I had my second full-length novel published. And oh my gosh, you guys are amazing. I did incredible. Out of the gate, uh, three days in a row, I was in the top 100 hot new releases. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I was given my own podcast. Here we are, 25 episodes later. And I poured my heart out and you kept coming back week after week to listen. I worked through some difficult times in the... Let me try that again. Apparently, I haven't worked out the kinks in my tongue. Um, (laughs) Oh, I could totally take that to someplace R-rated, but I'm not going to right now. I'm just going to let y'all just kind of marinate on that one for a little bit. So, okay. I worked through some difficult times in my life this year on on this particular podcast, where we are right now. You've laughed with me, cried with me, and I can't thank you all enough for that. I put out an episode even when I didn't want to. And trust me, there were times when I was, you know, I'd message Dave and like, yeah, you know, I'm not feeling it this week. I'm not putting out an episode. And then he'd be like, okay, you know, whatever. Okay, I'll put up a thing. And I'll message him like 45 minutes later. Never mind. (laughs) I'm doing it. And I will do the episode. And it'll be one of my better ones. Um, for some reason, when I'm not in the mood to podcast, when I don't want to do it, um, and I'm really struggling with something, those are my best podcasts. The ones where, you know, I'm a blubbering, gooey mess and, and my life is falling apart and I'm telling you all and y'all are sitting there patting yourselves on the back going, damn, at least I'm not crazy. Cause you listen to me and I am, um, those are my best podcasts. So anyway, um, I would put out an episode even when I didn't want to, when it seemed way too much effort to sit and just talk for an hour. And anybody who knows me knows that I can just talk and talk and talk. And I can talk about anything. I can talk about nothing. I can just talk. So when I stop talking, that's when you need to worry or you need to send me off to bed. Some of you check in on me and with me regularly. That is part, is part of what has kept me going, kept me coming back month after month, week after week, knowing I wasn't alone in how I was feeling, knowing that others were struggling with this pandemic and being shut in and shut down. There was comfort in that shared misery. And we kept showing up, kept putting in the effort, even when we, didn't, even when we wanted to quit. And y'all know who you are. Um... I do want to say one personal thank you to one particular person who it's almost like clockwork. I can count on them at least every seven to 10 days, whether we've talked about what, uh, you know, work related stuff or not. Um, every seven to 10 days, I will get a Facebook message from him. Hey, how are you? I'm checking in. Tell me what's going on. And Jeff, thank you. You have no idea how much that means to me. And I got your back, dude. You got my back. I got your back. And yeah, it's going to be more than just a run and hug. (laughs) For sure. My first cross-border stop will be Wisconsin. Trust me. I'm there, dude. I am there. Gunpowder therapy. Here we go. Okay. Anyway, I had to. I just wanted to share that. 
So, uh, where was I? Each month, you all continued to send in your amazing stories, drabbles, and poems. You sent in your incredible artwork, and I showed up. I did my job, even when I didn't want, I just wanted to quit and run for the hills or pull my blanket up over my head and ignore the world. Now, this month, I know a few of you got an email um, saying that um, I was not going to be the editor for the magazine in December and that Dave would be taking over my duties. And he had taken over most of my duties um, for the most part. And it wasn't anything that was wrong with me. It wasn't anything that was wrong with him or the magazine or, you know, I'm not leaving my position. Um, It was strictly and purely a fluke of um, stupidity. It's it's the the only way I could describe it. It was accidental stupidity. And I was without internet. Um, now that only lasted maybe 12 hours. Uh, but when it happened, I messaged Dave right away and said, you know, I don't know how long we're going to be down. This is three days before Christmas, four days before Christmas. And we might not be able to get a tech out here to reconnect said phone line. Um, but it was reconnected the next day. And I was back online and I finished up the editing that needed to be done. And I wrote my intro and I edited the stuff, the last minute stuff that came in. And here we are. So thank you, Dave, for stepping in and, you know, picking up my slack. (laughs) Which he's kind of done a lot um, this past year. And... uh, I probably haven't said thank you as many times as I should have. So just know that I appreciate absolutely everything that you do for me and all the times that you're there for me when, you know, life is kicking you in the meatballs. <laughs> and you put all that aside and listen to me go on about something silly and pathetic that's going on in my life. Um, thank you. Anyway. Um, moving along, there were lots of reasons. There are lots of lessons that I could take away from 2020, a lot of negativity and a lot of positivity, but I think the biggest lessons I am taking away, the ones that are going to stick with me for a long time to come are as follows. The first one, and if you watch my TikToks, you will know, be kind. It's hard to smile with a mask, so be kind instead. It's easy to grumble about the lines and having to wear a mask and wait your turn to shop. When it is, be kind. The lady at the door isn't making the rules. She's risking her health day after day, trying to pay her bills to enforce the rules imposed by our government. She didn't make the rules. Her store she's working for didn't make the rules. She's just there doing her job. Be kind. In the long run, who bought what, who voted for what, who won't do this or will do that, won't matter. Be kind. We are all we have in this world. Money, possessions, a home, a job, a car, even a loved one. 
can all be taken away in a blink. So be kind. It may save a life. It may change a life. Appreciate, number two, number two. Appreciate the time. Appreciate the time you have to yourself with those you love or being out just getting groceries. Enjoy those moments. Appreciate them. Savor them. Don't take them for granted because they too can be taken away. As we have seen time and again. And if you live in Ontario, you are about to see it happen again. And you will appreciate the half an hour, 45 minutes, hour that you get once a week to go out and buy groceries for your household. Appreciate it. Appreciate the time. And appreciate the time that we have because we're still here. We're still breathing. We're still living. We're still functioning. We still have time. Our time hasn't run out yet. And my last one, which is the biggest one for me, keep showing up. Even when you don't want to, show up anyway. Put in the effort. Do the work. Be it writing a story or editing your work, paying a bill or calling a friend. Put in the effort. When you put in the effort, when it's hard, when you get up, wash your face, get dressed, and show up. I do believe I have said that to uh, a friend or two when they have decided they just don't want to do anything and they're in a funk and uh, they're fighting their depression. Get up, wash your face. Change damn clothes and get on with it. (laughs) It can change how you feel. It can change how you see the world around you. If you keep showing up, then eventually that effort will become easier and easier. And you will take joy from it. You're not allowed to quit. Period. On anything. I know this intro has been a little heavier and a little more intense than they usually are, but it has been a heavy and intense year. So I wanted to close out my last intro of 2020 with a bit of what I've taken away from the last 12 months. Not all of it has been bad. There have been some wonderful moments that I will carry with me forever. Ones that shone so bright I can still see each detail in technicolor. I have also learned to take lessons from the bad moments and use them to better myself. I have also learned that there isn't much I can't do if I only put in the effort, if I show up. And as we close this chapter on this, as we close the chapter on this year and we start scribbling the date and rewriting it as 2021, because you all know for the first three months, we're going to keep writing 2020 and you're going to have to scribble out that zero and put a one. It's not as bad as it used to be though. Back in the days of having to write checks and you always put the wrong date and then you had to scribble out the date and put the new date. And then you had to initial the new date. Oh, God. That was so annoying. I remember working at my mom's accounting office. And uh, we would handwrite a lot of our checks. You know, paying this supplier and that supplier. And this bill and that bill. And I would handwrite all the checks. Um, and, I mean, this is going back. God. Holy, uh, well, my dad's been gone 13 years. Um, so, yeah, 
16, 17 years. Yeah, 17 years ago. I think there was still a dot matrix computer in the office at one point when, when we opened. Yes, a dot matrix computer. You know, the printer. The dot matrix printer. Yeah. <laughs> With those reams and reams of paper that had the, the perforated holes and it would roll on those little knobby things and then you'd have to pull all the perforated sides off. <laughs> and I used, to, I used to make a game out of it. I used to see because my mom would print like... Especially during tax time, there would be page after page after page after page after page. And then I would have to pull all the perforated sides off. And I would try and see if I could do all 300 pages and keep all the pages attached and get all the perforated sides off all on one piece. And if I could do that... And be like, oh, I get to have like a chocolate bar or something on the way home. That'd be my treat. Um, I was totally going somewhere with this and I'm not sure what it was. Oh, yeah, right. Writing checks. Yeah, and we used to have to, like, I would, like, it'd be halfway through March and I would still be writing, you know, the previous year's date. Oh, the amount of checks that I destroyed by writing the wrong year. Good grief. Anyway, um, as we close the chapter on this year and we start scribbling the date and rewriting it as 2021, let's make it better. Let's be better. Even if the general day-to-day doesn't change, If we remain in lockdown or quarantine or whatever COVID decides it's going to throw at us next, let's rise above it. We are humans. We can communicate and connect with each other, even if we can't do it in person. Take those relationships that rely heavily on face-to-face interaction and go deeper. Talk. Really talk. Let's bring back the art of conversation. Because that is all we have left. A virtual hug. Or an audio snuggle. And when you think about it, especially in dating, a lot of our interactions are heavily relied upon with the physical, the face-to-face, the body language, and not so much talking to each other and learning about each other that way and and talking about interests and issues and the important things that, you know, you find out a couple of months down the road and you go, oh, if I had a known that at the beginning, then we wouldn't be where we are. Or I wish I had a known that in the beginning, we might be a little farther than we are. Um, when all you have is the ability to talk to a person. Um, The development of the relationship completely changes. It becomes a lot more personal, a lot more in-depth because everything that you would convey through your body language, through a casual touch, through a hug, through, you know when you're sitting beside somebody at a movie theater and you just kind of lean against them and, and, you know, that all has to become relayed through words. 
and things become a lot clearer, a lot um, simpler, I think, because you really get to know the person on an intellectual level. So I want to wish every one of you a very, very Merry Christmas and a very happy new year. I want you to be safe. I want you to be healthy. And I want you to remember to be kind. And as I sit at just over an hour into this podcast, and I look back on, mentally of course, on the episodes of this year, because I'm not sure if I can pull up the episodes. Um... It's been a roller coaster ride. It's been bumpy for me. Um, it's been emotional. It's been teetering on the edge. It's been standing on top of the mountain screaming, I'm king of the world. It's, I have probably run the gamut of every emotion and every state of emotion I could possibly ever have in an entire lifetime. And I have done it in the last 365 days. And when I look back to where I was sitting last year at this time, in December of 2019, um, I was kind of looking forward. I wasn't really looking forward to Christmas. Um, It was a very lean year. Uh, My ex and I didn't have a whole lot of money. Things were really tight. So I wasn't really looking forward to... I mean, I'm not... Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not a a you-have-to-buy-me-something kind of person. But everybody likes to wake up Christmas morning and have something under the Christmas tree for them. And I bought my ex something. It was just a cheap little thing, just so he'd have something under the tree. And I knew there wasn't anything under there for me. So I wasn't really looking forward to Christmas a year ago. And it was a battle just to even get the tree put up because nobody wanted to put up the tree. Nobody wanted to put up the decorations. And for me, that's all part of it. Um, So it was, I was just done. I was looking forward to January of this year because I was going to Florida with my mom. We were taking a road trip together. We were driving down to Florida. And then in February, I was heading over to California. Um, so I was looking forward to the new year. I was looking forward to 2020. I was excited for it. And I wanted to get through 2019 as quickly as possible so that I could get down here and get on the road with my mom and we could get going down to Florida and I could start 2020 off really, really well and start enjoying things and and enjoying my life. And I think at that point, I'd already started to make the decision and the choices that um, 
I have that put me where I am now. And now as I'm sitting here and I'm looking forward to 2021, um, I don't have any, you know, road trips planned. I don't have any exciting trips planned. I have not planned anything for the new year because I don't know if I'm going to be able to do any of it. So I think what I'm looking forward to is at least maintaining more of the same. Um, Maintaining things the way they are, situations the way they are, relationships the way they are. And cultivating um, relationships on a different level because the art of conversation, talking about the important things and the personal things and the serious things and um, moving past idle chit-chat and small talk because idle chit-chat and small talk are great when you're face-to-face. But all we have is communication through video on the internet. We don't have the face-to-face. We've got the WhatsApp. We've got the Facebook Messenger. We've got FaceTime. That's all we have. And unless all of your loved ones are within your bubble, that's the only way that you have of seeing and communicating with them. So make the best of it. Use it as a tool. All right, that's it. I'm done. I'm out. I'm going to close this out for this year. And I'm going to end it on a high note and say thank you to every single one of my listeners, those that tune in every Friday morning, the ones that tune in Saturday with their coffee and, you know, their Saturday mornings with Sally. Um, those that tune in on Mondays and listen to me, those that tune in when they can and listen to me, and those that tune in while I'm podcasting and listen to me, I appreciate each and every one of you. You all are very special to me, and I wouldn't be 25 episodes in if it weren't for you guys. I do this I do this for me, but I do this for you because I know a lot of the issues that I talk about and a lot of the things that I'm working through and that I deal with and that I delve into on the podcast are issues that um, each of you have faced and have gone through at some point in time. And I know some of you have expressed to me that you can't talk about them. So listening to me talk about it has helped you. So... Thank you for being here for me, and uh, I will continue to share most, if not all, of the aspects of my life and things that are going on. Um, Next year, 
I will make you no promises as to what it's going to hold. It's going to be a surprise. We'll see. We'll see. I'm going to be starting therapy at some point, so that could get interesting. (laughs) We could add some flair to the podcast now, because now I'm going to be able to use big medical words. Um, Yeah, so have a Merry Christmas, everybody. And it's not about the pretty packages under the tree. It's not about the, the stockings and the lights and the turkeys and the stuffings. It's not about any of that. It's about appreciating the fact that you can share it with those around you. And I mean, if you're alone at Christmas because you can't be with your family, then, you know, appreciate the fact that you have the ability to talk to them online. Because nobody's ever truly alone. You can reach out, talk to somebody. Hell, reach out, talk to me. Okay, I'm out of here. I keep saying that, and I'm out of here. You want to find me, you can find me on Facebook at The World of Myth Magazine, at Lupus Bits, the podcast, at my author page, Stephanie J. Barty, or over on my personal page at Lupa Barty. You can find me on Twitter at, uh, at Lupa B. You can find me on Instagram at Luhu Baskets. Lupa Barty, the podcast, Stephanie Barty, author, Stephanie Lupa Barty, author, and you can find me on TikTok at Lady Luhu. All right, everybody, until next year, stay kind, be kind. See ya. Lay your weary head to rest Don't you cry